0: The Love Life and Lose Weight podcast will teach you the art and science of changing your habits around food. I'm your host, Advanced Certified Weight and Life Coach, Heather Beardsley. I've helped hundreds of women just like you figure out how to stop dieting, lose weight, and love life on the journey to goal weight and beyond. welcome to episode 31. This is part of a short series within the podcast where I talk about unhelpful strategies for weight loss. We've talked about middle of the night eating on episode 29. Episode 30 was about performance eating. And in this episode 31, we're going to talk about saving up calories. So saving up calories is a strategy that the diet industry teaches us where we push past hunger in order to eat less. So this is, if you think about it, what's happening when we save up calories is we're trying to eat less by taking action. In this case, it's an inaction <laughs> of not eating, even though we're hungry. And that's the key part. So it's pushing past hunger, thinking like delaying eating as long as you possibly can. So, and it comes from this idea of, I can't eat what I want to eat and lose weight. So it's a scarcity mindset. So when you're into saving up calories, like to eat later, like I'll, I'll skip breakfast and lunch, and then I'll just have a bigger dinner. What you're practicing is not believing that you can listen to your hunger and satiety and still lose weight. So you're not trusting your own body signals to allow you to lose weight. The Belief underlying this practice of saving up calories is my body always wants to eat the amount that will cause me to be overweight, or that will, at a minimum, not allow me, like it'll just maintain me. So I have to intervene with my mind and trump what my body is saying. I have to push past my hunger. And save my calories for later. And if you think about it psychologically, what this means. Saving calories for later is a way that we placate our inner person who wants to eat by saying, it's okay, we can just be really uncomfortable now because we'll get more later. And this whole idea of saving up calories then is completely at odds with this idea of intuitive eating, which is that you can lose weight if you listen to hunger and respond appropriately with the right amount of food. How do you know which, what is the right amount of food and when? Well, the amount of hunger tells you when to eat and the amount of your satiety or satisfaction or your sense of enough tells you when to stop eating. And if you stop it right enough, you've got to figure out what that point is and experiment enough to know what that amount is to stop at and to start eating with your hunger in order to allow weight loss to happen. But so many of us have been taught by the diet industry that we're just, you know, greedy, gluttonous people who have no self-control. And that's why you have gained weight. It's like a value judgment or like a moral defect, and that we buy into with our practicing of saving up calories. And so, what it does is it produces a lot of unnecessary suffering, which has the problematic consequence of creating like a relationship of distrust between your inner wants and needs for, you know particular foods and when you want to eat with what you're going to allow yourself to have. So this is an example, saving up calories is an example of living your life by the managing brain, right? The the dictator brain, (laughs) the one who thinks that we're wrong as we are. It's not tapping into belief about what's possible and how it could be easier, A lot of times, saving up calories can just be like a philosophy of eating, just in general, where a lot of people just try to push off eating as long as possible. And usually, what happens is, especially with a woman, say, who's been dieting most of her life, she feels very oppressed by her own strategy of saving up calories. She's always hungry she never feels like she has enough. And with all of the other tensions that life brings, that's not even about food. You pile these on and then repeat them day after day. And what you've got is somebody who's completely burnt out and, you know, driving themselves in scarcity mindset, past hunger, so it's uncomfortable. And it's also driving a mindset of never being satisfied. So what saving up calories does is brings you to the next meal where you've saved up all your calories. And then what happens is you have the thought of, I deserve this. I've been so good all day. And then it's this idea of like permissiveness with food as like the counterweight to this over restriction that you've been practicing on the front end. And all that leads to, of course, is overeating. With my clients, I tend to see that there's a justification of why like a bigger meal, because you've saved up calories, is going to work for weight loss. And, you know, it really depends on a lot of physiological factors in your body, whether you can kind of do this or not, and get the results you're looking for, but Of course, I'm talking to those of you who have this practice of saving up calories where you have a big one bigger meal later, or maybe two, or something like that. And then, then, like, you're not getting the results that you want. And usually, what that means is the bigger meal that you save up for is putting a strain on your body where the bigger meal is putting too much fuel in the line, if you will, metaphorically, okay? Because the food is broken down in your stomach. It creates blood sugar, which is fuel in the line. But when you overeat at this one meal, because you've saved up calories, it's an overflow of fuel in the line. We know that an overflow of fuel in the line creates extra fuel problem for your body to handle. So the insulin comes in, it brings down the blood sugar level. How does it do that? What does it do with all this extra blood sugar? Well, it converts it to glycogen and stuffs it away in your organs and your muscles and or takes some of it and turns it into fat. So it creates this paradox, this saving up calories strategy for weight loss creates this paradox where if practiced consistently, your body adapts to a food environment where food is scarce most of the time because you're saving up calories. So if you want to imagine like, I always like to imagine these little people in your body who are like calling out orders of what to do. (laughs) That's always a dude. This dude is like, all right, like she's saving up calories again. Just don't burn any fat. Don't do anything. Like we're holding on to every single calorie that we have. Now, you in your mind, you think because you're saving up calories that your body will just burn a bunch of fat, but that's not the case, especially because you're doing it probably chronically. Now, once in a while, it probably won't make a difference, but if this is a go-to strategy for you to compensate for bigger meals or eating foods that you think are bad or wrong or you know will block weight loss i'll just save up calories later you're actually creating an environment where you're metabolically not flexible your body doesn't trust you that the food is coming and so it holds on to every calorie then you get to this bigger meal and your blood sugar goes high and there's too much fuel in the line and then you're save you're packing away fat and anyway so it's it's really just an ineffective strategy. So I want to address the inevitable question of intermittent fasting <laughs> because intermittent fasting is a practice of um, deliberately, like consciously deciding not to eat. And um, this is a form of saving up calories, of course. there's many ways to think about intermittent fasting that aren't the same as a diet mentality strategy of saving up calories to compensate for lack of belief that you can lose weight, you know, thinking your body's broken and you have to intervene, right? And um, all of that. So you can feel free to try intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting for women, can work for some women. Sometimes it doesn't because of exactly the mechanism that I described where lack of calories causes the body to hold on to, um, you know, your fuel reserves and not burn them. And, you know, your body just adapts to it. And then the overeating that happens uh, as a result, then causes fat to be stored. So it can also affect some hormones for women. And you can talk to your doctor about that, but fasting where you push past regular hunger signals is going to trigger some stress hormones, some adaptive normal stress hormones to come in to help you with this extended fast. And some of those hormones are like, you know, adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, things like that. And those are helping you, like think about primarily what's happening when you're saving up calories and you're fasting, that you're in a food scarce environment. Think about like nature shows where we see like the lioness on the plain in Savannah, on the Savannah in Africa, and she's hungry. She hasn't eaten in like four days. She's going to get up. She needs energy, and those of you who have tried uh, intermittent fasting will find that once you kind of get past those regular hunger signals, they kind of peter out, and then you don't feel hungry anymore. And if you push past long enough, you'll get like surges of energy. Those are your stress hormones that are kicking in. You like your brain will get clear. Your focus will become sharp. (laughs) This is your body like preparing you to go out into the wilds of America (laughs) and go get your meal. So um, in this way, it's like, it's not just about, oh, if I don't eat, I'll lose weight. Like the body is taking the, the trigger of not eating, like it's sent all, up all the signals and you're not eating in response. The body only has a one thing to conclude, which is there's no food. The body hasn't adapted any wisdom to know that like you're not eating on purpose. So it's gonna create adaptive mechanisms to get you ready to go out there, expend energy to get your food. So um, it's going to, it's not going to have you lose weight. It's going to use all your fuel to create those adaptive mechanisms and fuel you so that you're kind of ready. So, um, you know, it's a mixed bag with um, any kind of like pushing past hunger. And as a coach, I know that for the vast majority of my clients who have been restrictive dieting for decades, that. Asking somebody to push past hunger is going to trigger your nervous system to go way above like what is a relaxation mode. It's going to cause a stress response, both in your patterns of thinking and in your safety in your body. I mean, you know, if you've ever been on that HCG diet or been extremely hungry for a long period of time days, weeks, sometimes months, like I was, your body is doing everything it can to ramp up those urges, thoughts for food, and physical hunger symptoms to try to get you to eat. And so saving up calories, if I haven't convinced you already, is a terrible (laughs) strategy for weight loss. For someone who has a very um, a brain that's affected from years of diet mentality. The best thing that you can do is to create a a sense of like an environment of food safety and predictability, where you know when is the right time to eat. So I have an episode, an earlier episode called Making Peace with Hunger, it's episode seven. I want you to go and listen to that if you haven't already. And it takes a real good deep dive into the mechanism of hunger and how you can start to work with it with your weight loss instead of against it, like saving up calories. So this means allowing the hunger to build, just in, in a nutshell, Allowing the hunger to build with the first wave of hunger, and everybody's going to be slightly different, but like for me, I like to eat during the second wave of hunger. In this way, I've triggered my body. As long as I feel safe and I don't feel restricted, I know I'm going to eat, my body will dip into some fat burning and burning some of that stored fuel to pinch hit for my fuel needs until I can eat that's very different than pushing past hunger for 6 8 10 12 hours. Um, and jacking up your nervous system, creating a cascade of stress hormones, right? You, that is going to work against you with your weight loss. And it's going to confirm any beliefs that you may have, you know, underneath the surface that you have to kind of suffer to lose weight and I've seen it in myself and all of my clients, that if you can just trust that you can figure out how to lose weight without any extreme measures of exercise or saving up calories, skipping meals, doing a long extended fasts, then, you know, that is where the easy button is for you with weight loss, but you've got to really directly challenge some of these limiting beliefs and and you know strategies shitty strategies you've been using that you've been telling yourself work that probably don't work like just tell yourself the truth if you've been saving up calories like does it work do you have data to show you that when you save up calories or you skip lunch that it leads to weight loss that week or does it inevitably lead to overindulging overeating, overdrinking, or maybe even like binging on the weekends where like you're super strict with yourself during the week. And then like, you, you just can't keep it up. So the weekend, you're like, I don't know why I eat and drink so much on the weekend. Well, it's because you're overly restricting. It's just a shitty strategy that you're telling yourself works, but doesn't. So get the data first. And, you know, let the data prove it to you. We're each on this journey for ourselves. No one thing fits each body, right? Everybody has a different body. I just want you to take a critical look at any strategy to save up calories and really ask yourself if it's helping you. Is it helping your mindset? Is it helping you on the scale? Is it helping? Is it triggering limiting beliefs? for you about how you can lose weight? And if it does, like, is that where you want to put your focus and your energy? Is that really making weight loss sustainable for you? Or are you just practicing more, like a different flavor of restrictive dieting if you're doing that, okay? So do some journaling on this, you know, really look at your habits, see how this practice might like sneak in and like when it does. And then you can make a plan for what you're going to say and do instead. So perhaps it's like, well, if I tell myself I'm too busy to break for lunch and I probably don't need the calories anyway, like just gut check that with yourself, like square it with yourself and just say, what am I creating if I'm believing that, I need to skip a meal. Like, is that true self care? Like, if it feels great and you are not hungry, go for it. But if it feels like sad in your stomach, in the pit of your stomach, like emotionally, like, yeah, I got to do these, you know, overt heroic measures in order to try to get the scale to move, then you know you're in scarcity mindset. Okay. Um, and instead, Just tell yourself like, how could stopping right now when I think I don't want to be the best thing for my weight loss? And how will that set me up for the next meal to be even better? Okay, so just question your mindset and your thinking with curiosity and with a, you know, exploring mindset. Leave no stone unturned, okay? You've got this visit me over on Instagram and comment on the episode 31 post over there and we'll keep the conversation going. Okay, stay focused and so long. Hey, if this episode was helpful, then let's connect. Visit hbeardsley.com forward slash subscribe. That's h-b-e-a-r-d-s-l-e-y.com forward slash subscribe. You'll get a gift from me, exclusive subscriber content, and advanced notice of in-person events.